Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to The Men of Valor Program. Uh, we are back to our uh, off-again, on-again series on uh, various important books in the field of recovery, particularly for sex addiction. So today we're going to tackle the topic of female sex addiction and a couple of books that I think have been uh, kind of groundbreaking there. Well, I think that's a good topic for us, Mark. We don't often refer to female sex addiction uh, here, and yet we are approached on a semi-frequent uh, basis on, on an occasional call asking about it. Well, that's right. And uh, the truth of it is that the incidence of female sex addiction has uh, greatly increased uh, uh, I think pretty much everybody is aware of that. The Nielsen ratings that uh, come out with, uh, you know, who is clicking on various kinds of sites, including pornography sites, it's in really increased. And uh, the most recent has shown that 40% of all pornography sites that are clicked on these days are clicked on by women. So uh, when you think about any addiction, uh, you know, is it an equal number of men and women that struggle with it? Uh, the number of women struggling with this is certainly approaching equality with men. Now, back when I first started uh, in 1987, the general conjecture was that roughly uh, 1% or 2% of pornography usage was by women, that women just weren't visual, they, they didn't uh, get stimulated by the stuff, and uh, that was really naive, I think, in that uh, uh, women are these days stimulated. And uh, when we include in the, the category pornography, the connecting types of pornography, the uh, online uh, chatting, the online uh, sending back and forth of pictures, uh, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, that has dramatically increased the, the amount of affairs that are actually generated by the internet uh, has uh, dramatically increased. And you know, if uh, there's uh, going to be a man and a woman involved in that equation, then there's certainly got to be women that are all over the internet. So uh, I think there's some incredibly sad things about this. There are women in college that are actually earning their way through college by being on dorm cams. It's a form of prostitution, but uh, for them it's a relatively safe one and that they don't have to meet anybody. They just have to be online and kind of do the things that the, uh, the, the buyer on the other end, the man, is wanting them to do. And... Uh, so uh, I could go on and on with examples of it, but uh, uh, suffice it to say that uh, uh, we're living in a time of uh, profound uh, moral decay in our country. We could go back to some of the reasons for it, uh, you know, like uh, the women's movement, which I think we would all consider those of us that have daughters to be, you know, a good thing. It's also had its negative consequences. If If women are going to be equal to men, then they're going to equally suffer from the problems that men get into uh, because of the stress of, uh, you know, higher positions and all that kind of thing. Also, women have been taught in the last 30 or 40 years to be uh, more assertive about their own needs and so forth, and uh, I, I think that's contributed to this. And then the general, you know, moral ethic in our country is just, you know, uh, abysmal in terms of uh, the value of marriage and family and all that kind of thing. So 
Uh, I had the opportunity last November at the White House to meet Dr. James Dobson, and I said to him, you know, sir, you are way ahead of your time. I mean, you were talking about some of these things, about the value of the family, uh, long before a lot of the rest of us, and and uh, we need to get your message across more now than ever. So, uh, Okay, but back, back to female sex addiction. Back in uh, the early days, uh, when I was first involved in the field, uh, there was the uh, very first book published about this by uh, one of the pioneers in the field of recovery in general, Charlotte Castle, and she wrote a book called Women, Sex, and Addiction, and it was a very early attempt to describe the pattern, which I think she did uh, very clearly. I think there was some of it that was, you know, early on, not based on the internet, just based on, you know, the amount of women that were more involved in, you know, masturbation and affairs and things like that. But I think one of the things that Charlotte began to point out, which was absolutely necessary, is that uh, uh, women had been um, generally denigrated in terms of diagnostic categories for this. The uh, old Diagnostic and Statistical Manuals of the American Psychiatric uh, Association, the DSM, as we say, actually had a category in it called nymphomania. And so, you know, women who were considered to be excessively sexual were generally diagnosed as nymphomaniacs. And that's just a pejorative uh, negative term. And uh, so that has all changed. And uh, uh, no one uses those terms anymore. And I think we have people like Charlotte to thank for, you know, pointing out the uh, inappropriateness of that. And so, you know, Charlotte was also uh, also a colleague of uh, Dr. Carnes, and, you know, some of the early stuff uh, kind of paralleled that. I would say that, you know, and we have talked about Pat Carnes' books, and, uh, you know, Pat did not really treat in his early books as well as he could have, you know, the dynamic of sexual addiction. But, you know, again, back in those days, we kind of assumed that, 90% or more of sex addiction was male, and and uh, I don't think he's necessarily to blame for that. It's just a new day today, and we need to take a more serious look at it. So uh, the second book that I wanted to get to is uh, by uh, a woman who's been a colleague of ours in years past. We're no longer associated with her ministry like we were at one time, um, but her name is Marnie Faree, and she wrote a book uh, with a great title. You know, it's just a perfect title. Uh, called No Stones, and that's from the story in John chapter 8 of uh, the woman who was caught in adultery, and Jesus intervenes and basically says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so um, the woman is set free, and Jesus says to her, go and sin no more. And uh, so the title No Stones is just a great title. Well, that's interesting because... uh when we're asked from women who are looking for support and direction uh, in that field, uh, it, it seems to me that uh, there is help available out there. Mm-hmm. There are people that are doing that. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, we know Marnie, yeah. and, and I believe that that's one of the focuses of their ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, should we have someone hearing the podcast today yeah. uh, who mm-hmm. is struggling with this, you would probably direct them to Bethesda workshops? Well, if they're a female sex addict, I would. I yeah, mean, uh, that, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a delicate thing, but, you know, I think if you're a male sex addict or you're a couple and you're needing help, well, Marnie does have workshops for that. Uh, and, you know, I'm the one that was involved in... Uh, getting the origin the, of... The origin of those back in the right. late 90s. And so, you know, it's been 
you know, based on, uh, you know, very uh, good teaching. And she's had, you know, good people around her uh, historically. I, To be honest, I, I don't know who the people are that she's working with now, but I guess I've always felt if you want to go to a workshop for men, why not come to the original source, you know, like me, I guess. So. Well, we are, we're, of course, naturally always promoting the Men of Valor workshop here. We do think that it is the premier program, and, and uh, but I was thinking more along the female, um, right. offering a resource yeah. for women uh, who are out there because our focus yeah. is not on women sex addicts. So uh, just trying to, as usual, share some hope. Well, that's right, uh, and uh, Marnie has been a pioneer in this field, and uh, uh, one one uh, quick observation uh, that uh, might be interesting to the listeners, and that is, you know, throughout the uh, last 30 years, there have been, you know, spokespeople, uh, speakers, teachers, writers in the field of sex addiction. For the most part, a lot of them uh, uh, have their own story of sex addiction, uh, but there are those that have uh, made decisions uh, not to tell their story and to treat it more clinically or academically, which is all right. I mean, that's that's their decision. That's, you know, what they feel comfortable doing. And uh, I'm, I'm not even going to name names at this point. That would be totally inappropriate. But um, there are those of us, myself included and Marnie included, who uh, basically decided that if we were going to talk about this, write about this, teach about this, that it would be only fair for us to tell our own stories. And, you know, Marnie from the first has... Uh, had enough courage to be able to tell her own story, and uh, it, I, I, I'm not here to tell her story, but I, you know, I, uh, it is quite the story of, uh, you know, like a lot of us, sexual abuse early on, and uh, a lot of craziness in her life, and uh, a lot of acting out, and uh, and all of that kind of thing. So, Marnie, uh, in her book No Stones, uh, does tell her own story quite a bit throughout, and. Uh, Beyond that, at least in its original writing, it was based a lot on, uh, you know, uh, Karn's principles. And uh, Karn's principles also, as they uh, have uh, passed through me and, you know, uh, my teaching from working with her for as many years as I actually did. Right. Well, Mark, at this point, let's take our break right now. And when we come back, uh, we'll be able to uh, look a little closer at this topic. Uh, and in case you have, I'm, I'm not sure what you have in mind as far as other resources available, but uh, you are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. I'm tied to the wings of a plane. The sky's past the echo of the haze Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life, 
and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Trigger of the week. Trigger of the week. Randy, last night, uh, uh, Debbie and I had the wild idea to go down to uh, something we'd seen advertised on the Twins games on TV. They were having Cancer Awareness Night. And uh, I don't know, for some reason, I just felt led that I wanted to go to that. And uh, what, what happened was, you know, you got down there and based on what kind of cancer you have, you got uh, a Twins hat of uh, various colors and uh, uh, various colors like you know obviously for breast cancer the color is pink and uh, other cancers different colors and mine is in the leukemia lymphoma family of uh, you know blood cancers and uh, so our color was orange Uh, I'm not particularly fond of the color orange but uh, that's the hat that I got and uh, and so they had some uh, cancer survivors uh, last night participating in various announcements and uh, all of that kind of thing. And uh, it was just nice to be in in a general cultural environment uh, where people were aware of all the kinds of cancer that are going on. With a lot of support. With a lot of support. You know, it's amazing to me. I don't know if cancer is on the increase, but it certainly seems like uh, when you have cancer, you're certainly more aware of others who do. And uh, so, you know, that was just really nice to be down there with my... uh, with my lymphoma leukemia hat. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, it strikes me it's uh, uh, almost um, com- comparable to when you get a new car that you've never had before mm-hmm. and suddenly you notice that make and that model car, of a car yeah, right. all over the road that you right. hadn't noticed before. Uh, probably the same with your cancer uh, survivors and, and fighters yeah. uh, once it's out there. Uh, but I think overall, uh, I think that um, the general population has come a long ways mm-hmm. in w- with cancer awareness. That's right. You know, That's the right. Susan G. Coleman people are yeah. world class in, yeah. in how they have really uh, made it known and publicized. Uh, and I think strides are being made there. And let's hope for the day when uh, cancer is totally curable for everyone. Well, that day is that day is upon us. I mean, there are so many new procedures and genetic manipulations and, you know, immunological breakthroughs. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm myself, my, my, my cancer right now is under really good control. I'm completely stable with that. And, uh, and yet uh, in the next uh, two or three years, I'm sure I'm, undergoing, I'm going to undergo a procedure which will uh, totally eradicate it. So, you know, that's, we just exist on faith. But um, by the way, how is this all tying into the trigger of the week? Well, uh, <laughs> well, you brought up the Twins game, which was the supporting yeah. the various uh, cancers, and kind of one thing, as usual, as you and I tend to do, uh, took a topic and started to run with it. But thank you for the suggesting that we bring our listeners back to today's topic, in which you had uh, discussed briefly... Um, female sex addiction, and some of the great books that are available out there. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to female sex addiction. The trigger of the week was 
uh, that Debbie and I were at the game. We we were fortunate enough to have good tickets. Uh, so we get there, and originally sitting right in front of us is a group of, you know, middle-aged men, and that was fine, although you know, there was times when I couldn't see over the top of their heads. But what happened was they were evidently <laughs> in the wrong seats. So it, somewhere in the first inning, the actual seat holders showed up, and it happened to be two very young couples. I don't know if they were dating or married or whatever, but both of the uh, women were wearing very short shorts uh, and uh, very see-through, scantily, I don't know, they were kind of T-shirts, white T-shirts of some kind. And so they sat right in front of us, and they were very attractive women, and these two couples were kind of in that infatuation stage, so there was a lot of giggling and laughing. And uh, who were the twins playing last night? Yeah, who were the twins playing? Well, <laughs> bonus is, points for you if you can tell me who the twins were playing last the, night. The twins last night were playing the Pirates. I can tell you what happened inning by inning, and the twins won five to two. Uh, Ms. Miguel Chano hit a home run in the eighth inning to kind of ice the game. So, uh, but that is one of the points that I wanted to make. Here we are, you know, thirty years in recovery. I, a lot of the young couples that we deal with now here, you know. Uh, the wife's going to be noticing this. The husband's going to be, you know, kind of self-conscious about, you know, what he's looking at. And they're going to be talking about, are you looking at her? Did you find her attractive? You know, that kind of thing. And I, I'm being honest with our listeners. I mean, I obviously noticed these these girls, but I didn't, uh, as we say, consume. I didn't right, dwell right. on it. Uh, you know, and, and we're talking now about two hours that they were sitting there. But uh, Debbie and I, Debbie didn't look at me. She didn't ask me uh, anything about it. We didn't point it out to each other. Debbie's kind of tired of that kind of thing. So uh, we just enjoyed the game. And what I'm trying to say to the listeners is uh, maybe in a way it gets better. You know, yeah. After a while, this may be a problem. You may have to bounce your eyes. You may have to do whatever you do. But, you know, for now, uh, I was happy for the fact that uh, we were there to watch the game, and we watched the game. <laughs> well, so. and you bring up a unique trigger because it's double-edged. And by that, I mean trigger for potential trigger for men, potential trigger for their spouse. Yeah, because she sees the women. They certainly know when they're looking at somebody who is attractive. And, yeah. you know, and so sometimes they can be triggered in a negative direction as well, just wondering how their husband is... Uh, Processing, handling it. it. Yep, exactly. Well, it, it is a segue back to our topic because, you know, the way the, I'm not, I, I have no idea whether these young women are sex addicts or not, but, you know, you would think that the kind of clothing they were wearing were, would suggest that they're either wearing that kind of clothing to be in with whatever fashion they perceive or they're, they're wearing that to make sure that they maintain the attention of their boyfriends or husbands, whatever it was. And you'd have to wonder beyond that, you know, have they grown up in that culture of uh, greater female activity and uh, may maybe they're struggling themselves with their own sexuality. I have one more po possible reason. Okay. Um, we have been in the midst of about two weeks of mid-90s and high humidity. Oh, yeah. Maybe they were dressed like that just to deal with the heat and humidity. Well, that's a nice uh, thought, Randy. But I—that's I <laughs> what I'm here for. I'm highly, I highly doubt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, you you can't fault me for trying. I was I was trying to give those young women a break. Well, let's now return our listeners to today's program or today's topic. Well, one of the questions has to be: Is there any real difference between female sex addiction and male sex addiction? 
The historic thought is that uh, females are more relational, men are more visual. I think uh, in many ways uh, that might have been true 30 years ago, but uh, today uh, women are just as visual. Uh, the brains of females, I think, have been trained to be more visual. Uh, and so I'm not sure we can, we can make that distinction. In other words, women are looking at pornography and you know, doing that kind of thing. And it's still also true that when they get on the Internet, they're probably many of them looking for connections. Marnie's book talks about all of that, talks about the same principles that we would teach in terms of uh, accountability and getting help for yourself. Marnie would also be in that camp uh, with the rest of us in terms of, you know, going at the deeper stuff. Uh, you know, uh, at her workshops, they also do the egg drying and stuff like that. So uh, I think uh, those that have... Uh, read my book, and then uh, because of uh, wanting to look at female sex addiction, if they were to read her book, they would see some obvious uh, similarities, mm -hmm. uh, along with, you know, maybe the comfort that, you know, Marnie is telling her own story, and, you know, those that are struggling with this are not alone. Uh, so just to clarify, we obviously made a decision because of my sex addiction that we don't treat women here. Um, that may change some as we add staff. Uh, but that's certainly true that I'm never going to see uh, a female client. But uh, and, and we've chosen just to emphasize what our strength is. So, yes, if uh, you do want to go to a workshop very similar to ours uh, and you are a female and you're struggling with sex addiction, I would give um, you know, Marnie a call. Now, there are some things that, that I would uh, disagree with. Marnie knows all of this. I'm not you know, just speaking behind her back here, but... Um, uh, she combines uh, the female sex addict workshop with the wives workshop. Um, I think that's still true. If she's not, I'm sure I'll get an email and she'll correct me. But uh, I've just never thought it's good uh, at the first workshop to mix those two populations. So uh, I think the female sex addicts, they're fine going to that. But the, the wives, uh, you know, they might have a little bit of a hard time if they know that there are women there who are addicts and if their husbands had an affair, then maybe, you know, these The competition are, that yeah, they're talking about. Yeah, that's right. right. So, but anyway, I hope uh, you hear the general endorsement on our part that uh, if you're struggling with this or, you know, if you wanted to call, I know Marnie is generally available by phone to answer questions and that kind of thing. So uh, that's basically all I wanted to say about that, just to make sure our listeners know uh, that there is... Uh, a basically very good Christian book about this. And uh, uh, if you uh, feel like uh, you're struggling with this and you're one of our listeners, then uh, that's a book I would pick up. Well, I think that our listeners are going to benefit from this, Mark, uh, because this program today is quite different from our usual programs. And I, I, just, uh, I just feel that by us offering this option, uh, we're opening t some eyes and giving some balance, maybe, yeah. to the fact that uh, men are not the only ones suffering out there right. and that help is available to you. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we hope that today's show has been a benefit to you as well. We hope that the coming week is going to be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.